0: The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams, and we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Welcome back to the Invincible Teams podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mayfield. Today on the show, we are actually going to replay an old interview that I did uh, with Riolana Reiner. Now, Riolana started a chain of franchises. Actually, it was just a, a shopping experience in her home at first. But today, she has over 100 different franchises across the country. Uh, And so I got to talk with her about what that was like and about some of the lessons that she has learned along the way. Uh, I loved the conversation with her and I thought you would like hearing it again. So here's my conversation with Riolana Reiner.
1: Hi, Ryan. Well, it's really great to be here. Yes, I own a company. It's called Reolana's Children's Consignment Events. Uh, It's a business I started in my living room when I was a (laughs) stay-at-home mom with three little kids and just really had a heart for moms and for giving them an opportunity to save money selling their kids things. And so now I find myself a franchisor. We have about 100 franchises in about 23 states.
0: Yeah. Is that... Does that feel as crazy to you as it sounds to me? (laughs)
1: Absolutely, it does. (laughs) I really just feel like I'm a mom who raised kids and that's what I'm really the proudest of is I've got three children and um, that's really what I poured my heart into.
0: Well, and I had the honor of knowing all of your kids went to college with one of them and um, I'll just say I'm a big fan uh, of pretty much everybody in the Reiner clan. So I, I, I am a fan of you guys. Tell a little bit more of that story. I've heard you tell it before about starting this and in your living room in particular. Uh, I love that story, share a little bit about that as well.
1: Well, um, I don't have a business degree, first of all. And so I sometimes think it's very comical that this is what I'm doing. Um, I have a degree in exercise physiology. and um, But I, my husband made a career track, uh, a jump from his career track after we'd been married almost 10 years and went from the corporate world to working for a nonprofit. And so our income took quite a nosedive. <laughs> and we had three little kids. And I really had always loved shopping for bargains. And this was about 20 years ago and there just really weren't many good secondhand opportunities out there that were really high quality and mm-hmm. trustworthy mm-hmm. and so we just decided to um invite a few friends over into my into my living room and we set up three racks of clothes and it it just worked moms were looking for high quality like garage selling is fun but right. we kind of just wanted a high quality experience yeah and then then after i did it the first time um, my husband had looked at me and said, Riolana, you should computerize this. Now, that seems like no big deal now because our whole world is computerized. Right. But back in the early 90s, that was a really big deal when stay-at-home moms didn't even have a computer in their house. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he, he likes tinkering with that kind of stuff. Yes, he so does. He, yep. <laughs> uh, so he actually wrote the the software, and we barcoded it and just kind of ran a little sale in our living room.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, our listeners won't care about this at all, but I just think it's funny. You may not know this. Uh, I, you know, When I worked for your husband for a while, I think the first two weeks of my job probably, I sat in his office and just asked him questions and had a big sheet of paper and basically just tried to map out what was in his brain because I knew it didn't exist anywhere else, uh, and I needed to know it in order to do my job. So the idea of him coming to you and saying, let's computerize this um, – I just find that amazing because that's ah, that's just about right, and he would too. <laughs> yeah, he, and,
1: and for him, it was relaxing. You know, in the corporate world, he's an engineer, mm-hmm. and so he had done you know task jobs all day. Right. So then he went into more of a people ministry job, and so when he came home at night, he just wanted to sit in front of a computer and do tasks. So it really kind of worked out right. for him. It was kind of a hobby and relaxing, and it didn't cost us anything. Right. So it just it just worked out.
0: Well, that's great. So you had. Do you remember how many people you had show up at that first one?
1: Well, the very first one was a total failure. Okay. <laughs> um, Tell I, me about that. So I remember um, that, and he was, most of my friends were stay-at-home moms. So okay. he really, my husband was really my resource to being professional and because and he had been out in the world. And I remember him saying, Riolana, um, if you can mail out a hundred postcards, you can get a bulk rate.
0: You know, we were trying yeah. to
1: because we, we definitely didn't borrow any money. We started this thing yeah. you know ourselves and on a very small salary, so I mailed out a hundred postcards, and I remember when I had eleven consigners who actually participated, who okay. brought me all their clothes, and I rewashed them and ironed them and I just thought that was just so wonderful that eleven yeah. people would let me sell their things. <laughs> And I borrowed three racks of clothes. Um, I mean, I rented them. And we moved the furniture out of our living room. Okay. And we set these three racks of clothes up. And no one came, hardly at all. Like, mm. it, it was just... I didn't know anything about marketing, Ryan. Yeah. I, I was, And I'm an introvert. So, you know, I kind of thought if I made it perfect, people would come. Yeah. I quickly learned that you actually have to tell people about it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. so I'm going to hold on to that nugget about okay. making it perfect for our conversation later about the Enneagram. Okay. Uh, so not very many people came to that first one. What? How did that make you feel? Was it tough?
1: Oh, it was terrible. You know, as it is, I really wanted a partner. Like I had asked several women to uh-huh. be my partner in business because I was very insecure, yeah. um, didn't come from a family of business really didn't have much confidence. And so I really, for me, it was just a huge risk to put myself on the line by myself. And so I just felt like a failure, but I I really, again, really like to do things very well, Uh uh, kind of a perfectionist. And so I remember calling each consigner and just profusely apologizing and saying, can I keep your things one more week? I'm going to try really hard and I promise I'm going to sell more of your things. Wow. And so. We, I just, we, I kind of thought through, what else do I need to do? How can I get people here to come and shop? And they, and so we did it again. We did it a second weekend, and then I felt good, like we'd sold enough to make it worth everybody's time.
0: Yeah. So then you went from that to now 100 franchises. What happened? How did that happen?
1: Well, it just turns out there was a need. I really had no idea. But there was obviously a need for moms who wanted to be smart about their money Mm -hmm. and have a nice, high-quality, second-hand experience. And we did it all in event mode. It's always just been twice a year, Like, I never wanted to own a consignment store. You know, my main goal was to be a mom Uh and then to just do these events twice a year. Okay. And so it just turns out that moms were looking for this high-quality experience. We've always guaranteed everything. Uh So when a consigner wanted to sell their things, they knew that if we lost them or for whatever reason, we were going to pay them for anything that was missing. And that just wasn't being offered anywhere at the time. Still isn't much.
0: (laughs) So how long was it from the living room experience until it was not just you anymore? And I I don't know if it was a franchise at that point or until it was, you know, you and there was someone else who was doing it apart from you.
1: Well, it's been a journey. I mean, I did it for 10 years before I ever franchised. Like okay. that really wasn't the goal. Like I said, I didn't have a business background. I, right. I really wasn't even starting a business. I just was kind of, it was just moms helping moms.
0: Yeah. Was and it still twice a year at that point?
1: Always been twice a year. Okay. That's always the original model. Never changed from that. It's We called it semi-annual okay. assignment sales. Okay. Um, but I do remember a, a big first step when um so we do these sales twice a year, and it kind of worked with my family. My family knew mom's going to work really hard twice a year, and then she's yeah. going to be back in her stay-at-home mom role. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So each time we would add a different room of the house to. You know, <laughs>
0: so we put maternity in my
1: daughter's room, and we added, you know, stuff in the kitchen. I mean, literally it took over our whole house. Yes. And um, and thankfully the kids kind of put up with it because it's just it's just what they did. They didn't know anything different. Um, but I do remember when it became people coming into my home that weren't just my friends and like my girls had these special dolls that their grandparents had bought them for Christmas Uh and the general public just didn't take care of my things and respect them like friends were and so we just began to realize okay this is becoming more than just friends it's becoming the general public right and then also then we had some neighbors complain about the traffic because we had lots of traffic coming into the neighborhood so we began to realize we needed to get it out of our house and go find a place outside of our house
0: yeah so where was the first place outside of your home
1: well we have been all over this town I um that when it was it was an old, old doctor's office that had like a bunch of little rooms. Yeah. I still remember it being very dark. <laughs> you know it's an old building. I mean if you live here in Conway, it's across from the high school. like it's you know, uh-huh. it was old and dark and but it was really cheap.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So yeah, now fast forward to where we're at now and you have close to a hundred franchise uh, owners, right or franchises in total. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest thing you think that has changed, like, with with you, with your leadership, with the structure of the organization that has helped get to where it is now?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Um,
0: and I gave you ample time to prepare for it.
1: Wow. <laughs> you know, I do love growing things, and I, I, do, I compare it a lot to being a parent and a mom you just you like watching your kids grow you like developing them and I think that's what I learned as I got into business for one thing is I actually really enjoyed it like it's yeah. been really hard right and we've sacrificed a lot but I just learned that the more I I improved myself and more in, I invested in other women especially things were growing and then yeah. we were helping families and right. that, that's really what motivated me right um, and then I did realize again about ten years in that this thing was actually a really cool business yeah. that could bless other women like me who were trying to, maybe they wanted to be more flexible with their, their jobs, or maybe they wanted to be home with their families more. Right. And so we began to realize, huh, I, I think we could we could franchise this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you talked about investing in in other people, especially in some women and moms and stuff. What does that mean to you, to invest in those people?
1: Well, it means to help them uh for in my world, it means to help them become better business women hmm. and most women have zero experience in business yeah and um and so it's sometimes it's helping them find out about themselves yeah um their strengths, their weaknesses, help them learn to be on a team, yeah. Help a lot of times. It's helping them learn to operate outside their comfort zone. Um, right. So it's. It. I will say it's definitely been a lot harder than I thought it would be. Let me just throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to make it seem like it's easy.
0: Well, and I know you have uh, faced some some pretty big challenges along the way, uh, and and had to fight for your business at different times, mm-hmm. uh, and yet here you are. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's pretty awesome. So. switch gears then just for a second and talk about enneagram right so for you uh tell tell me a little bit about that like where did you first encounter that uh and and what yeah how'd you get started in the enneagram conversation
1: well my son gets full credit for anything I know about the enneagram, okay, um, he's in his late 20s, and he actually learned about it years ago before it was a thing. Yeah, and it was just in his own journey of, you know, becoming an adult and just personal and professional. He he's the one that discovered it. That's awesome. As he was just trying to learn about himself and how he's wired and kind of how he's different than his dad. You know, right. we're always trying to figure out where we fit. You know, and our, and so he's the one that began talking to me about it.
0: Very cool, huh? So when he first did talk to you about it, did you think it was crazy, or, or what was your initial reaction?
1: Well, I've always loved personality things, okay. You know, and so I'm um, I'm older than you, Ryan. Okay, <laughs> you know, and so I I'm not gonna say how old I am, but. I have been around when we were doing personalities and years ago when I was first married. I, it just helped me learn to be better married and Absolutely. understand my yeah. husband. Yep. You know, it's a, It was a game changer. And then I remember when the, the disc came and that was, again, really helpful. So I've always really been interested in why do people operate a way they operate. Right. Um, And then once I saw my son really lean into the Enneagram, I I was just very interested. Um, I also didn't have a lot of time for it, so I think it (laughs) took me a while to realize, okay, I I need to learn about this. Right. So I've been very interested. And every time I dig a little deeper, I really appreciate it and want to learn more. Yeah.
0: And so if people listening haven't figured it out already, you're a type one, uh, which is also what I am. and. Uh, we tend to, without even thinking about it, talk about making things perfect and just right. There's and... a right
1: way to do things for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. I, I joke and I don't know if anybody else besides you will think this is funny, but I say people have, have complete freedom to be wrong about things. <laughs> like, that's, that's totally okay. There's my way. You can do it your way. It's your right to be wrong. I love it. Um, and that's, you know, half joke and half indictment on myself, but so You've tested, you know, taken some assessments and came back as an Enneagram One, and and you agree with that assessment, right?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I think it, and I've and I've taken it through a lot of filters again because I have done different personality things through the years, so I was a little skeptical. Right. But I I feel like it it nailed me.
0: So what were some of your kind of initial insights from that once you learned that you typed as a, a Type One on the Enneagram?
1: Wow. Um I might have to think about that. One of the things if I and maybe you can put the words to it. Sure. But I think we are are we a reformer?
0: Yes. That's my favorite way to describe a one.
1: That was one of the first things that hit my heart that I had never thought of myself that way. Yeah. But I remember reading that going, "Yes, I'm that motivates me." Yeah. Um to I mean, beyond just we do things the right way and, you know, we just kind of like to, like I carried the same purse for 10 years. I never moved my furniture. I just kind of like things right. the same way. Right. It, it gives me um, just security in my life. Yeah.
0: Uh, are you like me and you basically want to rearrange the buffets whenever you come up to them? <laughs>
1: I don't know if I care about that, but there's plenty of other things.
0: <laughs> if I probably
1: a, do. I want the, the plates to be a certain way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The plates and the forks. have
0: to go in the right of course. spot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. We're tracking then. Yes. And you also know the best way to load a dishwasher? Of course. Yeah, me too. Like uh-huh. I just
1: tell my husband to just forget it. I, like <laughs> He doesn't know how to do it.
0: <laughs> That's that. Yes. Okay. We understand each other. This We're is speaking good. speaking the
1: same language, Ryan. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, so you have kind of dug into the Enneagram conversation with your team as well uh, a little bit. Uh, I've been able to come and have that conversation a bit, and and you may have had some of that outside of me as well. What has that been like? How have you guys used that as a team? It's been a game changer,
1: and I do wish I had done it sooner. You know, sometimes when you think about bringing it into your, your business, or sometimes it just doesn't ever feel like there's a good time. Right, if a lot of businesses are like me, you're every day you feel like you're 10 steps behind and you're solving the next crisis. Like, is it (laughs) when is it really a good time to do training? Right, um, but I will say that I wish I had done it a long time ago because we really have only done it maybe it's only even been a month ago, and already I can hear the conversations Mm. going on with my team members that have changed.
0: That's awesome. I,
1: I mean, like. You know, and I, I just, it's so valuable. It, it's so valuable. And it helps them also understand themselves. Um, it gives us a way to talk about um, strengths and weaknesses. Right. You know, as tendencies, but, you know, here's something, we can we can fix it. There's, there's a way you see things, right. but maybe let's think about this. Yeah. Um, it's helping me understand People that are not ones,
0: you know? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Because
1: we need to try to understand why people are different. It's true. It's true. Um, So it's been very valuable. And I have a lot of work to do to to understand the other Enneagram numbers. But I do have a goal of that, especially now that I know what my people are. Yeah. And that's one of the things you said. You know, the big homework is now go home and become an expert at the other numbers. Right. And that's where I'm really challenging myself.
0: Yeah, because it's, by default, you know, we understand our own numbers, right? Because that's the way that the world makes sense to us. Mm -hmm. But other people's numbers and personalities just, it's like a different language, you know, and we don't intuitively get it like, I mean, like the thing about the dishwashers or the buffet lines, right? So what, what has it meant for you as a leader? How have you seen yourself do some things differently even after beginning kind of this Enneagram journey?
1: Well, you know, every day we are looking at jobs to be done and who on our team can do the jobs the best. I hmm. think now as I think through who, how each, each person on my team is a certain Enneagram, it's helping me make those decisions better. Yeah. So I'm learning, you know, that a five likes knowledge. Isn't that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have someone on my, I didn't know she was a five. I, yeah. I don't really even know many fives. But now that I know that that's how she is, I'm giving her those projects because she loves them. Right. She's going to do it well and quickly yeah um, and I've got someone else who is an eight and so now I'm thinking through these are the things that she's gonna be good at so yeah. it's helping me give the right jobs to the right people for right.
0: one Right. that's great and when you say my team how many people are you talking about
1: well on my corporate team here I probably have um, six um, that are full-time okay I, do, I lead lots of different teams yes because then I've got kind of a corporate team that's probably 20 and then we're getting ready to run these events right where I'm now I'm not I don't know their enneagrams but right. i probably I'm gonna have a hundred people working for me but I have a close <laughs> team that will be running those events together
0: so is that difficult when you've got multiple different teams that you're trying to to work with to think through a lens of of understanding other people's personalities is that uh, difficult to try and juggle all that in your head
1: well, it is, but to me, that's the ultimate responsibility of a leader. You know, If we're going to be good leaders, we need to know our team well. And I think it's a way that we show respect to them. Hmm. I think it's a way that we help them win at their job. Um, I remember something else that you said that I liked is we have a tendency to attract people that are like
0: us.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we went around our office and I've attracted a lot of ones.
0: Yeah, which I've never experienced before in any of the trainings (laughs) I've done, by the way. I felt very much at home.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think it's great for what we do. You know, we're a corporate office that is we're running a franchising company. And so I can see, you know, it is important that we have a lot of processes and we do things the right way. But at the same time, it's helped me because when I think about my next hires and who I want to come in i don't want to only have ones here well i'll drive each other crazy making sure we're doing things the right way you know we need yeah. some, we need some other things right um so that's been
0: really good for me oh that's awesome so where where do you think you're going in the next five to ten years with all this uh, with your company in general uh, how do you see all that progressing
1: well it is interesting doing business during a global pandemic <laughs> I mean, that yeah. has been, wow, um, crazy. Yeah. But I'm really proud of our company, and, and we're looking to keep growing. You know, 100 franchises was my goal for a long time, uh-huh. and we hit that in the fall, and I, I hope we just keep going. You know, the next goal is 150. I don't know yeah. when we'll hit that. but, And so to do that, though, I have to have a strong corporate team. Hmm. And so it's why I want to get for a, lot of, a long time, I built this business kind of just myself, yeah. and now I really am moving into a team leader and a team builder because you can't have anything really large unless you can have teams. Yeah. you know. And so I'm trying to move from that founder who did all the work herself to training other people to do those jobs.
0: That's great. So to me,
1: the Enneagram is very important. Yeah. And I want people, the, the, the folks who work for me, I want them to feel good about themselves. Mm. And I think when you understand yourself and you understand your strengths and your weaknesses and how you, it helps you have confidence and also work on the things that need to be worked on and celebrate the things that are awesome.
0: Absolutely. All right. So two questions here and we'll wrap up. Uh, One of them is what, what are you learning right now in this stage of your business that you think might help someone else in a similar stage in their business and leadership?
1: Well, it's hard work. Like, um, it's it's tons harder than you thought it would be. Hmm. But I really compare that to marriage or parenting or anywhere. You know, if we all knew how hard it was going to be, we probably would never do it. <laughs>
0: right? It's a good thing we didn't know.
1: Yes, but but it's so worth it. And so that's how I look at this stage of my business. It's challenging me, but it's it's also really awesome. Yeah. And I think you then you figure out kind of how you were created and how you were gifted, and, and it helps you. Um, you know begin to operate in your strengths the older you get
0: right so okay last one then talk to someone that's a little bit more like me who's still uh, fairly young in their own entrepreneurial uh, experience or or just maybe new to the business world in general someone that uh, you know if you look back on those years for you what's one of the best insights that you picked up along the way that might be helpful for someone else who's a few steps behind
1: I think learn from everyone. Hmm. I just learn from everyone, even people that you don't think that you should be learning from. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I tried to do, is just learn from everyone. Every conversation, everyone I meet, what could I learn to help me figure this out? And I think just to realize nobody's got it figured out. I think I, I spend a lot of time feeling very insecure, like I'm an imposter, like what do I, what am I doing here? Yeah but no one's got it figured out um i do think that i worked really hard and i wasn't going to give up and i would just encourage young people it's not going to come easy yeah so if you think it's going to come easy just go do something else yeah um but it's worth it it's worth it but you do have to be willing to outwork your competitors outwork um and but it's really it's really awesome
0: yeah Okay, so I said that was the last one, but you said something that I had to ask. So you talked about learning from everybody. And as an Enneagram One, you know, we joke about knowing the right and best way to do things. So how did you get to the mental place where you were able to say, okay, I don't know the right way or the best way to do stuff. Um, How were you able to to ask people or to be open to learning from, from other people in that way?
1: Well, I don't think I've ever felt like I had all the answers, ever. Ever when it came to marriage or parenting, or I have a way that I'm comfortable with, right? You know, but mm. I always have been a lifelong learner with whatever it was, yeah. And so I just think that we have to be a lifelong learner in every area of our life, and um, so I just think we have to be very humble. Um, if any of us think we have our act together, wow, that's a mistake, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I hope that I'm better this year than I was last year, absolutely, really, that's my goal. Yeah. Is, within my giftings, my abilities, my personalities, I hope that I get better every year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good distinction, uh, talking about the things that you're comfortable with, and knowing that they work, but also knowing that there might be something still to learn, um, and that there is something still to learn.
1: Well, because honestly, the things that we're afraid of, you know, the things we're afraid to learn, or they seem the hardest, or when we buckle down and learn those, wow, a new world opens up, yeah. and you realize, oh, that wasn't that hard. I can, I can figure this out. I can operate in this space, right? And it, you know, I think we have to, we do go back to our comfort zone because that's where we gain energy, but then our comfort zone expands, yeah. You know, and we're able to then um, operate, you know, with a higher capacity and with larger comfort zones as we get older.
0: Definitely. Well, I love that, and um, I mean, I could probably sit and ask you a lot of questions for a lot longer, but I know you have a company to run. And so I'm going to let you get back to doing that. But thanks so much for letting me sit down and do a little podcast with you.
1: Well, I love what you're doing and I think it will benefit a lot of people.
0: Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.